So it occurred to me, I have been watching this show for almost 20 years now. Um, and I had never once until this, like, until this past week, actually pondered what JT stands for. Neither have I. Right. And I looked, there's no, it's like every character bio on wiki pages and stuff I could find just list him as JT Barsh. No, I don't know if that's ever been answered. It, like, maybe there's a member of the staff or something where JT are their initials, but, like, I'm thinking of all the prominent staff members, and I don't think any of them... Right. Like, no, and he used to be Mace Corbett, and then they obviously, I don't know, they didn't like that name, or they decided not to run with that name for some reason, so then JT Marsh. I have to right. admit, I do like JT Marsh better than Mace Corbett. I don't know <laughs> why, like, saying Mace Corbett doesn't feel good. <laughs> no, it, so he sounds more like someone that would learn for like Comptroller of like a mid-sized American, like Comptroller of like Gary, Indiana or something. I Mace want Corbett. to be your alderman. <laughs> Vote Mace Corbett. Exactly. <laughs> oh Kayvon, man! But, you came up with a, a a potential name for JT, right? Well, like a. So hear me out. I mean, it could stand for possibly Django Turducken. J- <laughs> But I thought Django started with a D. Uh, I mean, depends. You could have Django with a J. I mean, it's the Django future. Maybe they're dropping. You know, it's like it's it's in now to drop unnecessary syllables or unnecessary uh, consonants, I guess. So maybe it stands for judici- judicious Tony. Judicious Tony. There you go. I I was I was like, uh, for some reason, I was thinking Jason Todd. But isn't that like one of the Robins? From <laughs> it could it could be that's I. I am not a DC guy. I'm not a Marvel guy either. I'm not really a comics guy in general, so I'm the last guy to ask. I mean, you're hardly a guy sometimes, really. I mean, you're very true. <laughs> this is very true. Sometimes I transform into a puma. <laughs> That's not a real animal. <laughs> just like no, I'm in a brand of shoes. Right? Oh. oh, you just turned into the shoes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like a pair or one? Because that uh, raises some insta- interesting sentience questions. Just one, thankfully. Just uh, one. If I were to transform into two, that might cause a, uh, a rift in time and space. Although, it might be possible in those dark depths uh, and hid- um, hidden corners, we might find the secret to what JT stands for. Maybe I can't. I can't think of. I can't think of a good joke for JT. Uh, just, just. Nope. Nothing. Just, I got just, nothing. Just Tootin. <laughs> just Tootin. Just Tootin Marsh. Just Tootin Marsh. Yeah, I. I mean, like this is a so like maybe bounce that out to the uh, to the um, listeners, but like I have never come across, and I can't think of anywhere where his name is like actually mentioned. You, um, you know what? I bet I bet someone on the the Bring Back Exo Squad Reddit act knows the real answer. We like, should ask. We should ask. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like, I'm just, like, looking at it again, and the Extra Squad fandom wiki doesn't have it. Apparently, there's a J.T. Marsh author who wrote, writes novels, um, which is interesting. Apparently, yeah. military science fiction from the sounds of it. Ah, hmm. what a coinkydink. What's, yeah. what's their full name? Does it list? That's a good question. About J.T., let's see. J.T. Marsh lives in Canada. He serves as a shop steward for his union, RAD, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, at his place of employment. He's an evangelical Christian and sees in the Bible empowerment and liberation for the working peoples of the world. Uh, wow, he sounds awesome. He's like a liberation theologist. Awesome. Yeah, upcoming works. Hmm. Well, you know who's not in this episode of Exo Squad? Justin J.T. Timberlake Marsh. Marsh. Justin, Justin Timberlake Marsh. Okay, I'm here <laughs> yeah. for this. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> right? He's not in this episode. No, I don't think he is. We're kind of getting some other characters get to I, be the focal point. Because he's feel... he's on Mar- on Earth right now, right? He's doing the the thing with um uh Napier and Napier's ex-wife, right? That that's what I was going to say. I feel like this episode runs concurrently with the last episode. Yeah. That's my uh, my suspicion as well. Hmm. Well, uh, anyways, this this episode is uh, I introductions. 
I'm David Hoyt. I'm <laughs> here hosting uh, Exo Friends, the Exo Squad podcast on the Outer Millennial Network. And as usual, I'm joined by Kayvon Fishami and Lexi DeConing. Hello, everyone. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Good to good to be talking again. And uh, talk. I like this episode, but you know, it, it's it's weird. I've I've been saying this a bunch of times. Like the episodes this season have a lot happening but not a lot happens yeah yeah, yeah i think yeah, that's yeah. yeah i think that's it's some of them they like if these were i think more poorly written or if this were a poorer show they would be um like on a they'd be filler through and through yeah they'd be, they'd be like that fly episode in breaking bad but but this is like this <laughs> I just remembered that. <laughs> this 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 is this is good filler though, like you said, because the, because the show is written so well. Like at the end of this episode, we have been introduced to most of the named jump troopers, mm-hmm. if not all of them. Um, we have been like not only introduced to them, but like have relationships built between them and Able Squad. Which mm-hmm. is good, good character work. Um, we get to see lots of good shots of Colleen O'Reilly's massive hair, which I I kind of <laughs> want. Um, yes, absolutely. Like how that it is, it is, it is. It would be like past her butt if she let it hang down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you imagine if she straightened it? How much right. she would actually have? That would be amazing. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it, like when I sat there and thought about it, I'm like, there's like ten pounds of hair there. <laughs> I mean, probably. she's a beautiful curly haired queen. Yeah, she is. She is. <laughs> also, can she's... we point out though? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say she's my Irish lady. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And yes. I, if um, can also point out though that in zero G, all that hair would just be like kind of floating around in like a crazy frizz. Oh man, it would probably get like sucked into like air intakes and shit all the time. Like, right? How does she? I I I have to I have to look up a screenshot later. How does she fit all that shit into her helmet? <laughs> right. It's just like this like horribly cramped. She's got like hair in her ears. <laughs> like I I haven't I haven't had a haircut since COVID started, and I, this is starting to annoy me. I can't even fathom having that much. How long oh. is your hair now, Dave? Hang on. It is it is uh, getting past my shoulders at this point. Damn. Oh, wow. Okay. Dude, long hair is a pain in the ass. As, as someone who had like long curly hair once upon a time, it is not easy to manage. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, mine's like like about the most annoying thing for me is it's thick. Yeah. But like the rest of it's pretty easy to handle since I don't have curly hair. Um, which would look really weird on me if I had curly hair. Like I'm picturing <laughs> right. that now. No, no I'm here for next, it. Next time, yeah. next time we're in the same area, I'm gonna bring my um, like curling iron, and we're gonna we're gonna give you like a glam, glam me up, glam me up. Dave's glow up with curly <laughs> hair. But yes, I mean, Colleen O'Reilly, who's the <laughs> the real hero here. <laughs> I mean, yes, they she's really cool. Hair. Yeah, I, I really like her. She's a great character. Um, so this episode is written by Mark Edens, of course, and Brooks Wachtel. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. Who, if you look him up, he has an amazing mustache game. Um, All right. He, uh, challenge accepted. Right. <laughs> he wrote he wrote a couple of episodes of Exo Squad, another show I really like called Dino Saucers. Um, if you've never seen that, it's got a big red T-Rex as the bad guy, and it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> did you try to his mustache? <laughs> oh my god. He like, he looks like if Salvador Dali were like a car salesman. <laughs> oh my god. Or a magician. A... Yeah. apparently he also does magic with cards. That's right? amazing. Is this of, the same guy? He, I think so. He, he better. That's with a with a haircut like that and a mustache like that. That's beautiful. He he, uh, he he has a writing credit on one of my favorite 
X-Men episodes ever. Uh, Which one? It's called Mojo Vision. Um, It's so if anyone if anyone played the old Sega Genesis game, there was a level where like there were a bunch of TVs and stuff in the background, and to actually beat the level, at the end you had to reset your Sega Genesis. He, this is an episode all about the villain from that level, and he's like, he's like if Baron Harkonnen had because he's the disgusting one from Dune, right? Right. Yes. If Baron is instead of a hover platform, he had a platform with teeny tiny super long spider legs and was an extra dimensional like tv executive with godlike powers that's that's what this character is and that's one of my favorite x-men episodes ever um i think i kind of vaguely remember that episode he he also wrote something called tuttenstein which i took about a two minute (laughs) look at it and i'm like this is this hasn't aged well. <laughs> oh no! Tuttenstein? Oh, oh, is it boy. like a mummy, like a Tutankhamun? It's like a child-sized zombie king tut comes back to life and has adventures. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and I want to watch that right now. <laughs> kind of looks rad, honestly. I'm, I'm just looking. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe the dialogue's not great, but like, this guy looks boss. <laughs> yeah, he also. It looks like he wrote. Um, a book or a series of books called Lady Sherlock, which is just like Sick. Sher- Sherlock Holmes as a lady, which I'm also here for. Uh, you, I don't know. Have, it's kind of cool. Have you ever actually read like the Sherlock Holmes stories? Um, I don't know. I read the was it the Hounds the Hounds of the Baskervilles or whatever. That, yeah, that's when the really I was a famous kid. one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the only one I've ever read. So when I when I lived in Seoul, I bought the entire. Sherlock Holmes series, uh, written the ones written by Arthur Conan Doyle, and read them all. And I would say, like the famous ones, like the Hounds of the Baskervilles, are absolutely the worst ones. Like hmm. it, it, the the shorter ones tend to be much more clever and much more interesting. And then, like the the climax of his. Uh, contest with moriarty like when i think conan doyle wanted to end the series but then Mm -hmm. eventually came back to writing it was really was like wow but like you always have this thought in the back of your head like would sherlock holmes go out like a chump like that yeah and obviously he does it like he did a really good job of leaving it open the first the first like sequel bait ever (laughs) (laughs) yeah like in the 19th century (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's great though. Huh? I have to. I don't know. I have to try and the, like the fir- the first ones mm-hmm. that are shorter are really really fun. Like they're they're just tiny little snippets of ah yeah that was pretty good. Um, Heck yeah! But yeah, uh, so we we open up we open up in this episode with the jump troops and uh, able squad. Basically, everyone except JT and Marsala getting ready to jump on a Neo outpost on some celestial body called Ceres. I didn't look it up this time. I believe it's a small moon or maybe an asteroid or something. I like think that. it's an asteroid. It's yeah. a it's a big part of um, the Expanse, actually. There's like a really important station built on it. Oh, uh, okay. It's, okay. It's the largest object in the asteroid belt. Oh, oh okay. Well, shit, yeah. look at you, space facts. I did not know that. <laughs> Let's Google Space is facts. my friend, but yeah, I, c- because series is so important in the expense. Like it, I was like, oh, okay, it's the same series. It's this like giant asteroid. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're in this prep scene, and like Able Squad is there getting ready, and then the jump troops come like fucking running in, and I can't for the <laughs> life of me like figure out why they're running. It's not like this was a surprise. They all knew they were going on this mission, right? But it's it's a it's it's a, it's a it's a badass introduction. They all look cool. Um, <laughs> gotta yeah, get that. You like, know, gotta get the adrenaline up. You know, get your heart racing. Yeah, it's like the big the big hangar doors are open and they are sort of silhouetted. There's like a light, like bright light shining in from behind them, right? And you just kind of see these like silhouettes running towards wherever it is that they are. It's very uh, it's very it's very early '90s action movie. Yes. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe they're just getting their cardio in. 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get that heart rate pumping for this mission. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Got to get my steps, dog. <laughs> Got to get loose. All right. Um, and so, like, most of them are wearing the same uniform, but some of them are not. And I don't know if that has any significance. I think it's just to differentiate the named characters from yeah. not named characters. But Right. Um, and this begins the, like, uncharacteristically dickishness of bronski this entire episode like he starts calling them mud crawlers and chump troops and a few other things and it's like settle down man <laughs> right. it, it's re- it's really kind of off-putting and jarring because bronski right. is not typically like that or at least so far yeah it is like a huge departure from it i mean because he's like he'll kind of jaw with people but he's kind of like the sort of jocular uncle type you know he's like yeah, it's never it's never mean spirited. Do you remember that John Candy movie, Uncle Buck? <laughs> no, I... Uncle Bronski. Yeah, he's like he's basically Uncle Buck. <laughs> like, and Han will watch it sometime. I'm sure it hasn't aged well, like most <laughs> 80s movies. But I mean, it's about a sociopathic John Candy character. I, I guess he's not really a sociopath. He, he has. No. But he does some things where it's like, okay, like threatens teenagers with drills. <laughs> well, and uses, I think he like puts a golf tee in one of their ears and like like does a drive or whatever you call it in golf off the kid's head. But right. either I way. Mean, like, <laughs> that's just I, normal stuff in my classroom. So I don't know what you guys are. <laughs> if I, I recall, it's because the guy tried to sexually assault his niece. So, you know, I mean, it yeah. is what it is. Uh, uh, I personally need footage of uh, of uh, Lexi deconing pu- <laughs> putting putting a golf tee in one of her in one of her uppity students' ears and putting it out the window. <laughs> or in, into another uppity student. <laughs> Two for the price of one. That was just a joke, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bronski is being uncharacteristically dickish, as you put it, and like. It is, it's kind of difficult to reconcile because prior to this point, he's also, like, for both of you, you know, he was your favorite characters, kids, so it's like, how do you kind of reconcile, like, oh, this person who's always, like, really jovial and funny and not too serious than just being really yeah. rude and mean to these other people? And, like, classist, I don't know. There's a bit yeah, of well... class divide going on here, right? So so what if what if like the show just did a bad job of showing it and he's actually like this all the time to anyone who's not in Exo Squad like he's like he just makes fun of technicians and is like a schoolyard bully like giving him swirlies and shit like, just like shoves him down he's like get out of the way science bitch although although if all the technicians are as like uh cool as Maggie like, true he probably he probably end up dead like honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know, I think they're trying to do, like, the whole inter-service rivalry thing, but yeah. it seems weird. I mean, I don't know if there's a character in Able Company or Able Squad that would be, like, that this would seem fitting coming from. Maybe Kaz? Yeah. And, like, Kaz is kind of in the background. This is, like, little hype man kind of like, yeah, you guys suck, huh what he said. But, like... I think, I, I think... I think it would have been a much better character arc to start Kaz like that because he is a rookie mm-hmm. and like throughout the episode have Bronski be the guy who like, you know, like the classic like grabs him by the collar and shoves him against the wall and then tells him the story about like how many times Exo Squad has failed to keep the jump troops safe and how many times they've lost it. And so he should right. shut the fuck up like that would have been like a much cooler character. Arc, I think. Yeah. And I think more fitting for Bronski. Yeah. yeah. Things to keep in mind: live action reboot. Yeah. Uh, the secretly, the secretly war wise Bronski, like. Mm. <laughs> right. Especially if we get Brooks Wachtel on it, man. Like, if you're listening, <laughs> Brooks. We need you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and because of this dickishness, Bronski gets into a fight with a jump troop named Pellegrino, which that's a like brand of water, right? Yes, I actually yes. I was trying to, um, I, because I actually we we <laughs> we thought we were recording last weekend and then I looked it up and I'm now completely struggling to remember what Pellegrino actually means, um, but yeah, it's Italian American representation, so we'll take it. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, he's uh, very very thoroughly coded Italian. 
Oh, well, apparently, so the English translation from Italian is pilgrim. Hmm. Yeah. That's what Pellegrino means. Uh, yeah. The water is also very good. But so, <laughs> not only is he, does he have, like, the accent, the name, and all that, but fun fact, did you notice the necklace that Pellegrino is wearing throughout the episode? No. If you look, oh, let me see if I can get a good picture. I might get the episode open here. But if you look, he's got a, um, like a little necklace. It looks like a little red, almost like a chili pepper kind of, but it's kind of curled. It looks like also kind of like a horn. Um, Lexi spotted it. And uh, funny enough, I know what that is because of the, uh, because of Franco's Italian army, which if you're not from Pittsburgh is like a Steelers thing. Um, it's called a, a malocchio. It's like an Italian thing. It's like a kind of charm that you use to like, kind of like it. It's it's similar to the the kind of the horns thing, the evil eye thing they do with their hand too, uh, traditionally in Italian certain parts of Italian culture. Um, but it's like a very kind of Italian thing. Um, yeah. So whoever wrote the character of Pellegrino or designed him is. Uh, very much a uh like you know at least like that's a that's oh. a you know a, a nice little detail that they threw in there yeah no that's really cool i i've seen i've like now that like i, I did a google search or an image search of those and i actually think i've seen one or two of those in my life yeah probably around pittsburgh it's not uncommon uh you know with the, how deep like italian culture runs in that city yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah. Re- that's a really cool thing. Like, man, yeah, man, the writers in this show they do their fucking homework. I love it. I wonder uh, if this is like maybe this is Brooks Wachtel's touch. Maybe. Um, but whoever it is, whoever it is, like knows their like knows their Italian culture because that's like that's not a um you know like we we grew up in Pittsburgh and like you know around a lot of people that are very Italian identify deeply as Italian et cetera et cetera and like. like like that's... comically stereotypically Italian. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's actually kind of bad. <laughs> right. And like, I mean, the only time I've ever really like heard someone explain what these are, was like on a Franco's Italian army documentary. And like, yeah. So this is like, this is a nice, this is a nice touch. Good job that's to the writers. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, so Bronski and Pellegrino get in a fight because of his insults. And it's stopped by a jump trooper who later in the episode we learn his name is Longfeather. I'm assuming that's First Nations coding. That's my it guess. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. 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 Is um, he the really the really tall guy, like the super huge? He's yeah. gigantic. Oh he my is. god! Like, like Pellegrino and Bronski aren't small, and this guy's like a foot taller than both of them. <laughs> Right. Well, when he grabs uh, Pellegrino, I um, I actually thought it was Marsala at first. I was like, oh, that's Marsala. And it's like, oh, no, it's some gigantic drum trooper. Yeah. <laughs> and so so th- this giant named Longfeather stops the fight. Maggie comes over and reprimands Baronsky as well. Like with much less with much less like rep- reprimandation. Rep- Is that the right word? Reprimancy? I don't know. Yeah, reprimancy. (laughs) With much less vigor than Longfeather is telling off Pellegrino. Like, she's just like, if you can't find something to do, I'll find it for you. It's like, isn't that your job? Yeah. Yeah. And we get get introduced. I think we've seen him before, but he didn't look like this detailed or this cool. We get introduced to Avery Butler. We see him in the beginning of the credits. Right, the season two credits, um, and he arrives to be like get everyone ready to go and get them onto the sh- get them onto the jump ship, and he has a flashback of the mission briefing with Winfield, and it it seemed odd to me. Maybe maybe I just wasn't was noticing things incorrectly, but it looked like the entirety of everyone without a special uniform in the jump troops was in that briefing. Let's see. Yeah, because it's there's like a whole long line of them standing together, right? Yeah. Are yeah. we talking about this is the scene right before they have their like um, makeover montage? Yes. Where they all put their suits yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. They're... But... Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, well, it's... no, you, you you go first. I think you were going to talk about that more. Yeah, they're like all in a um, in this like huge conference room. It looks like with these like gigantic tables, and they all it looks like they're important, like not it just. just... It, it seemed, it yeah, it seemed odd to me that there were so many important jump troop, or there were so many jump troopers who were high ranking enough, going on this mission 
to all be in the meeting with like the fleet commander like you would think that would kind of like trickle down right right like you would just have a few like top like you know like o'reilly pellegrino uh long feather and like and uh butler maybe and that's yeah. it you know and maybe maybe that's a demonstration of how dire the straits are for the exo fleet because yeah. like if if all the people going on the mission are just like the high-ranking survivors like <laughs> you're, you're not doing so well right um so and like lexi like you just said they have this like glam up shot of all of the jump troopers getting suited up and like their their suits are just glistening <laughs> yeah there's i love these like I mean, I love this whole scene of, like, the the montage of them getting suited up. But then there's a shot of, like, one woman in particular, and it goes from, like, feet all the way up, you know, kind of, like, tracks up her body or whatever of her suit, and it's, like, this glittering gold suit. And I was like, that's amazing. I want to be a jump trooper now. She, like, she, right? just, sold. she should have done, like, like a, like a fashion runway turn. To be like, yes. <sighs> Yeah, she's giving me strong Leo energy. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> she's giving the, the drum troop equivalent of blue steel. Yeah, <laughs> it will, will, but, we will get kind of the same thing for Avery Butler too. Yeah, like, he's he's like yeah. walking forward, and it just doesn't like pan upward into all his like I, I don't know like sparkly glory. <laughs> right, you half expect right said Fred's I'm too sexy to be playing as he's like strutting yeah. to the ship. And the jump troopers look so much cooler and so much better this season than they did in the first season. Like the first, the first season they didn't like it. Did, they barely had any armor. They had one gun and like a the same. Every one of them had the same helmet. And now they actually look like they're more ready for a fight than E frames. Right. It seems like really the only difference between them is E frames are a little more durable. And can fly. Right. And can be in the vacuum of space. More. But they're in the vacuum of Mo space on Ceres. Yeah, but they're more, I'm just, like, the E-frames are more mobile. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, jump troops, I mean, I guess that's why Bronski calls them mud crawlers, right? Because you're kind of bound to whatever planet, moon, asteroid. Right. And, and again, just more just more dissonance with, like, how, how much of a dick he's being to ground-based troops. His E-frame is the ground assault E-frame, and he's a shitty pilot. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, this might be one of those, like, it sounds really cheesy or cliche to say, but this might be one of those things where, like, when you're insecure about something in yourself, mm. you project that onto other people, and mm. you, you attack what you don't like about yourself when you see it in others so maybe Ooh. uh maybe bronski's just a little bit insecure about being a mud crawler there you go. I, I like that read right there <laughs> you, you say you save this episode you save bronski in this episode for me because now that's psychology 101 guys come on <laughs> well you know what i somehow managed to never take one of those courses <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i took i took music theory and criminology I guess that's Cal kind of psychology. <laughs> nah, they they they'll yeah. they'll fight you on that one for sure. Oh, okay, okay. But uh. so, <laughs> so, right. so the uh, the the jump troops like they 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 get ready to go and the jump troops land on Ceres and start to move towards their objective by and jumping. By jumping, that's very I, important. I I don't know. I was just like, it's so cute. Like they go like boing. <laughs> like, right. If I had jetpacks on my feet and low grab, I would too. Like, do we, do we, do we? It looks like I know, fun. Right? I don't know. They're just—it's cool. I like it. Walking's for chumps. As a kid, though, I remember. So I remember thinking, like, oh yeah, these guys are super cool. Like jumping around looks so awesome. And then, but as an adult, it's like, so you're in a firefight. You got a bunch of like lasers and stuff zooming around overhead, and you're jumping through that. <laughs> Is that a good idea? Well, especially because I remember the toys. Those things didn't look like they were conducive to running. <laughs> no, they were super top-heavy. Oh. And, and like, one of them had, like, weird webbed feet. One of them had, like, moon shoes. But instead of bouncing, they shot, like, mines out of them. Like, Dude, I had that bad. one. That one was yeah. awesome. Those, like, mine shooters, you could get, like, a good bit of – you could get, like, 10 foot of distance off of those things. Yeah. The Exosquad toy promise. It will hurt you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You may lose an eye. You will lose an eye. Um, but they they start so they jump towards their direction, or their the their destination, 
and they find this installation that was in the mission briefing, but it's completely empty and wrecked. So, like, obviously it's a trap. But And when I was watching this, they spent a lot of time here just looking at jump troops standing still in empty rooms. Yeah. And I feel like that was deliberately like a 30-second toy commercial right there. Yeah. <laughs> because nothing gets said. Nothing happens. It's just them looking at empty rooms. In an installation that's not even that big. Yeah. And I mean, it works. I like definitely um when I like, you know, spent money out uh, spent uh, like, you know, lawn mowing money or whatever on Exo Squad toys, like I prioritize jump troops for sure. Yeah. Um the so the obvious trap is sprung and the Neo Sapiens attack. Butler uh assumes command after they can't make contact with Exofleet, or at least that's what it sounded like the problem was um i kind of got the sense that like whatever whoever was like above him was killed uh, oh maybe they were attacked you know battlefield promotion we've we've also forgotten actually um a kind of semi-important detail that was at the beginning of the episode and it's around the time where bronski and pellegrino are getting to their fight colleen o'reilly is actually like working on something on her suit mm. and maggie comes up behind her there's really ominous like horror movie music which doesn't make any sense right <laughs> just for the tone of that scene but like through conversation basically you know we find out that colleen's actually working on something on her comms because she has she basically believes that the neo sapiens have figured out how to tap into the jump jump That's like right. troops comm systems and maggie's like oh well you know the intelligence like doesn't believe that and you know there's like a little bit of not rivalry but there's like a moment there where colleen's like well too bad the neo sapiens like didn't inform intelligence that they can already do this so she's already convinced that like the neo sapiens have access to whatever the jump troop communication system is and so i think that's also part of the confusion and part of what's happening here is like whatever the fuck is going on they are able to like mess with the communication system yeah yeah right yeah okay yeah no you're totally you're totally right we did forget that and i don't know why but when i was watching that scene for like my brain was like this scene is like the perfect way to pass the bechdel test yes i also thought about the bechdel test i i don't know why this scene in particular did because there are other scenes that do it as well but like this one right here like two extremely competent women characters progressing the plot and like there uh, like it is a very important way right yeah what's also it's also funny i think because the (laughs) the contrast of what is happening during that scene is that two very competent women are having a conversation about something relevant to the plot when two men are just like fighting over i don't know (laughs) dumb bullshit (laughs) the less than stellar stereotype for men at the time and now forever Yeah. No, we we love men. We love men on this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lexi did marry we one, did. so fair enough. I did marry one against my better judgment. Hey, men, <laughs> just man, kidding. Manly men. <laughs> These manly men are fighting. <laughs> Two women are having a conversation about something that has nothing to do with the men. So I think that's right. probably where the Bechdel like. For me, that's where it came to mind. I was like, oh yeah, yeah like they they could be talking about the two boys rolling around on the floor together. Instead, they're actually talking about the communication system. We, we have more important shit to talk about. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, so then when they get to series, this is where like the comms thing becomes an issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, they the the trap is sprung. The Neo Sapiens are attacking. Um, the the Avery's troops take out these like gun placements, um, and they capture a Neo Sapien who looks pretty strange like he only has what three fingers and like his other appendages are longer and like spindlier and he's smaller than a normal neo sapien um he's got like a size zero waist yeah (laughs) uh avery tries to figure out how to like get out of this situation and colleen says well if i take out this scrambler chip we can broadcast fake evac coordinates after we coordinate the real ones and trick the Neosapien forces into going there to try to to try to catch us leaving. And see, she she takes this chip out of her bat out of her like backpack, throws it in the air, and fucking shoots it. I don't know why she did that. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
not Smia at all. It's like, like, you might need that later, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck this thing I work days on. Boom. Jesus. I don't know. Maybe they could track it or something. Like Maybe. Like, again, this I, is where I think her suspicions about what ha- whatever's happening with like the Nier's hacking the comms is supposed to be the subtext for the scene but yeah it's not really clear why she shoots it in the air like fucking yeah. target practice with like a clay pigeon right <laughs> um the uh yeah so she does that she transmits the fake coordinates uh we meet uh, new neo sapien general drusus who is overseeing the uh the battle from his like command center and as he's doing this, another Neo Sapien who looks familiar for some reason, um, reprimands yeah. General Drusus for using the new Neo Sapiens in this battle. So it seems like they're not really soldiers. And uh, I skipped over the part where the jump troops kind of interrogate that guy, and uh, that's when O'Reilly pulls out the scrambler after they interrogate him. Yeah, in that scene too, where he's interrogating him. Uh, Avery's one gun, the one he carries in his leg, I guess his left hand, looks an awful lot like a nail gun. Really? <laughs> also, yeah, it just... I don't know. It just looks weirdly similar. Like a giant nail gun? Is that yeah. also the scene where the, the this new Neo-Sapien, which we will learn, right, is like a... What do they call them? Neo-Megas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um say something like, haha, like, perhaps you are my prisoners. I'm not your prisoner. Yeah. And then is it Pellegrino who makes the comment here? Yeah, about like, is he? Is this Neo Sapien making a joke? And Kavon and I turned to each other. And we were like, does anyone know what a fucking joke is in this universe? Like, <laughs> right. The human beings do not seem to understand what jokes are either. It's I really think the Neo Sapiens are the only ones that actually understand humor because it's like Marsala tells jokes all the time, and they're like, you know, those Neo Sapiens they don't understand humor. And then this other Neo Sapien makes like a factual observation about how they're in trouble, and they're like, "Dude, is this guy jacket? He's fucking hilarious." <laughs> <laughs> but and so I, I think I think maybe I'm reading too deeply into it, but it might be like kind of their way of saying like, "Wait, Neo Sapiens don't normally make jokes. There's something weird about this guy." I mean, I get that. It's just like he could have made a like an actual joke there. Yeah. To, like, but he did make a joke. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I he, guess. I, I, guess, I guess he was kind of being serious, but he also like probably knew they weren't going to go for that. Right. So that's why I thought it was a joke. I, I don't know. know. I mean, without uh, getting into too, I don't know. This is like too complicated a topic. I'm like, is it a witticism? <laughs> an aphorism, perhaps? I don't know if it's a joke, but... <laughs> Uh, Apparently, nobody in the human realm knows what a joke is anymore anyway, so... Um, ma'am, I'm too stupid. You're going to have to use smaller words. <laughs> Comedies in the future are actually just, like, soul-crushing dramas that, like, make you feel horrible about life. It's like, oh, my child died of cancer. The new comedy by, like, Ben Stiller the Fifth. <laughs> the only survivor. It has a survivor, so it's a comedy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, the, amazing. the jump, the the jump troops get ready to move out, and uh, <laughs> Pellegrino comes over and is like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, guess what? I got good news and bad news. The good news is the Neo Sapien still has air. The bad news is he's dead. <laughs> well, he says he appears to have stopped breathing, but yeah, like the implication is that he's dead, right? Like that's what yeah. they're going for. And O'Reilly's like, I thought you said you had bad news. And he's like, Jesus, O'Reilly. I mean, at least that's a joke. That is a joke, Was right? It? It's a dark one, but it's kind of a joke. I'm laughing. Drusus <laughs> uh, Dr- realizes at this point that they've been given a false evac point, and he starts sending his force in. And I think it's at this point where, like, the jump troopers see E-frames descending and they don't know who they are, so they get ready to shoot them, but then they yes. realize they're Able Squad coming to help them. Yes. So now Able Squad and the jump troops have joined up. Um, the dropships come down and the jump troops get on them. Uh, they bring the Neo-Sapien the Neo-Sapien corpse with them. 
And like I love this I love this one part where Bronski gets like a fucking multi kill with one <laughs> shot on six Neo Sapiens. Right. And, yeah, uh, it's just like how does this not happen every time they fight? Right? <laughs> Aha, they made the mistake of being on the ground. <laughs> right. Goddamn mud crawlers. Which why would you ever be on I guess they have cover. I mean, like if I was in an E frame, like would I ever stay on the ground? Probably. There there's reasons too. Yeah. Yeah. Um so they get back to the ships. Uh Bronski starts making more jokes and but instead of getting in a fight, Pellegrino just this time like grabs him and is like, Do you know how many people we lost down there? And uh Yeah, because the and- Bronski's joke is like Again, it's not really a joke. It's more like, ha ha, look, we had to come in and save your useless asses. Yep. And that, and then Pellegrino, rightly so, you know, reacts by being like, uh, my friends just died. Can you please fuck off? <laughs> yeah. And, and Bronski almost does seem remorseful after he says mm. that. Like, he's yeah. kind of like, I think maybe he's realizing, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. I've lost friends, too. Um, it, it, then we go to this scene where... Uh, they're they're gonna start the autopsy on this Neo Sapien. Everyone leaves except the med tech, and the Neo Mega opens his eyes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. He was faking. Which are now green. Yep. Yeah. I don't well, know if you not... noticed, but this Neo Sapien's coloring changes throughout the episode. Literally in one scene, like you're looking at As the you're exact watching same him. shot of his face. Yeah, he changes from like yellow eyes and like yellow forehead marking to like green and purple <laughs> yeah not not the best inking continuity here and actually i think his clothes change too like the shape of them <laughs> yeah um yeah uh, the new model is uh, the practice drawing it, right? so, damn it steve i told you yellow yellow <laughs> well, well we're already taking a picture of the cell so it's too late can't do it again <laughs> why not <laughs> um oh, the we go to now, now we see the jump troopers the jump art shirtless jump troopers arm wrestling in the cafeteria that guy has a sweet mustache too the shirtless yeah, guy oh maybe that's maybe that's a self-insert for uh <laughs> for brooks actually <laughs> you know you gotta kind of think like because if you think about it too the pictures we were looking at he's gray-haired but this is this is like almost 30 years ago so yeah maybe actually maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if i if i had my own cartoon i would self-insert myself into it and my friends all the time as, like, as a giant muscular pirate looking motherfucker 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. yar <laughs> <laughs> look into look into the eyes of my skull forehead tattoo <laughs> yeah uh the uh the, the so the jump, the shirtless jump troopers are arm wrestling. Someone challenges Colleen, and she's just like, "No, I would embarrass you." And then Alec DeLeon slides in, <laughs> and like starts flirting with O'Reilly. It's weirdly, yeah, he's yeah, he's like a pat of butter on a nonstick pan. So fucking smooth. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I was like, so do you want to go check out that dead Neo Sapien? She's like, fuck yeah, let me take your arm. Let's do I don't, this. And then she like grabs his arm. I was like, this yes. is this is very familiar for two people who've like already just met, but whatever. The, I'm not going to judge. These two are definitely fucking. Um, and I'm saying that because like they're probably in intelligence together. And uh... they, like maybe he, maybe like they came up with the idea of the scrambler together. Maybe. And, it was just the most romantic thing they've ever done, except for going to the morgue, which is the <laughs> most romantic thing. Uh, well, I mean, I get it. You're in a, you know, very intense, uh, scary, life-threatening situation. You come back, that adrenaline maybe still pumping. Everyone else is arm wrestling. If I'm Colleen, I'm like, maybe I want to get some Deep Space D. I don't know. Yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's go to the and morgue you know... and get it on, like, right next to this dead near safety. <laughs> If it's a ship, there's like not a lot of privacy. From Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Without the sexual assault. Sorry, we should uh, laugh about that. We'll, we'll go with the uh, book scene on that. Yeah. We'll go with the book version, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, so when they go they go to the morgue for their date, and obviously they're just going there to see the Neo Sapien. Uh, and they find the vet the med tech like 
at first they wipe something away and they see this med tech and then he rolls out of another room <laughs> on a fucking cart. Like right? it doesn't make any sense. I, <laughs> I had no idea what was happening there. I get the sense because they were trying to do like two different horror movie tropes is what it felt like, right? The one where you kind of wipe the Could... condensation from the glass screen so you can see inside and then they see, oh, okay, that's not a Neosapien, that's a med tech. But then at the same time, they also wanted to do the other trope where like a body suddenly like rolls out or pops out of something. And that's when, right. yeah, again, like the frozen med tech with icicles hanging <laughs> off his goggles just like emerges so, from a door <laughs> be, well because the first scene we saw in the morgue there was only one med tech i think and mm. the like when they wipe away and when the guy and when the body rolls out of the room they're the same guy it's the same med tech yeah yeah right. <laughs> unless maybe they just clone they have like all the med techs are clones they're so, human-looking neo-sapiens? Of the same person. <laughs> the same guy. It's like, well, John was our best med tech, so we're just going to keep cloning him instead of having to pay other people. <laughs> there will always be a John. Right? Oh, man. Oh, actually, to be fair to them, I think what they're looking at actually is a screen. It's not really well. Yeah. That, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. I think you're right, but at the same time, why is this screen covered in ice? And yes. <laughs> that's not what happens to, I guess maybe old CRT monitors might be able to get fogged over but like right but I, for a second for a second there I was thinking of like an LCD screen <laughs> like, I don't think that happens <laughs> right but his eyes are closed and he's bound in the shot where he's like yeah. dead he's like laying down on the thing and then it, when it rolls up he's like inexplicably sitting up <laughs> I was like, so wait, wait, did the Neo Mega kill him, prop him up in that position so he would freeze in that room? It also, like, I feel like there was about five minutes between the Neo Mega killing those Vedtex and the other people, like, coming to see it. Right. So, like, what kind of flash freezing technology are they using there to get that guy to freeze perfectly? Like, that? it's a cryogenic chamber. Yeah, maybe it's like a yeah, it's a bit of a weekend at Bernie's vibe with the med tech. Like <laughs> what if the Neo Mega is like was wearing like a puppet? <laughs> I am your friend, the med tech. <laughs> like fucking um, what's it? Uh, Killer clowns from outer space. When the clowns got that cop, and he's like using him as a ventriloquist. Dummy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh. This is so dark. I love it. I need you to open the airlock, Bill. <laughs> My name's not Bill. <laughs> well, uh, just open it. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, so, so uh, Maggie, Kaz, and Bronski are working on something when they hear the alarm go off because now they know there's a Neosapien running around the ship. And they get captured by the Neo Mega in the hangar. Mm. And... In between some crates right by a door. Yeah. I was like, who left these fucking crates right in front of the door? You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and the and like they have this long exchange where like the Neo Mega basically like does the thing Marsala does where he reminds them how superior he is to them. And I think Maggie like plays on that to buy for time. What does she say? I can't remember. She she asks him like, "Oh, how did you trick us by flatlining your life signs?" Oh, that's right. Okay. And yeah, doesn't he say something like, "I'm in like perfect control of my body"? Yeah, my he sits there and brags about, or something. Yeah. He he sits there and brags about himself for a solid two minutes. It, uh, that just reminded me of Dennis Reynolds. For anyone who's watched It's Always Sunny, where he like talks about how he's in like. Comp- perfect control yep. of his body i think it's like the episode where they all catch the cold yeah yeah oh, <laughs> dennis reynolds the neo mega um <laughs> <It> works. Works. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to get in this e-frame and leave and pellegrino busts in maggie jump kicks the the neo mega but then he like defeats her anyways um and throws and... her all over his shoulder right like he just picks her up one hand she... and like she like yeah. tries to like high roundhouse kick him, and he just grabs her ankle and like does the caveman like unga bunga under his arm, like. Yeah. Um, and uh, Pelle- he the 
the Omega's holding her hostage as Pellegrino stands there with his gun. And he mocks him. He's like, you can't shoot at me. You might miss and harm the lady. And he's like, I'll only harm her if I do miss. Bang. And fucking shoots his ass. Which knocks him into the airlock controls. He's still alive from the shot. Makes the airlock open in the hangar. Sucks him into space. And almost takes out Maggie. Really good safety protocol there, where you just have a giant on button that just opens your... And we know they have like a some kind of shield or field technology to keep the air in, and yet like yeah. you just hit the on button and psh, explosive decompression and BD. Yeah, it, it also it also like she like there's so much air escaping that thing. I don't think the vacuum forces would last that long. Like it would equalize really quickly, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, if I've learned anything from the Expanse, I think they would have just been blown out into space and shattered because the force of the um, decompression probably would have just oh, yeah. broken them to bits, but whatever. In this universe, you can, like Maggie, hold on to the edge of the spaceship with one hand while all the wind, like all the air is being blown at you, and then you can throw a wrench against the vacuum of space. <laughs> Dude, that's because Maggie was actually the captain of her university football team. Um, she was the quarterback <laughs> and has just like a hell of an arm. Like Izzy from a, uh, what's her name? Oh my mm-hmm. god, I've totally forgotten the name now. Oh, the amazing bug space marine movie. Oh, yes, yeah, Starship Troopers. Well, oh, I don't classic. know. Izzy's Izzy's. She's not the she's not the quarterback, but like she's badass because she plays football right on the team. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. The. Uh... was i gonna say oh yeah you you mentioned the wrench like i feel like you remember you remember that episode where homer like got upstaged by a simple carbon rod or something like that i feel i feel like the wrench is the carbon rod of this series (laughs) you could you could you could destroy a wall of an e-frame throw it at people use it to hit buttons while throwing against explosive decompression like it's the most amazing tool ever that's why that Neo Sapien engineer threw it before grabbing a gun. That's right. He's like, <laughs> man, I got a better. fucking wrench. Fuck off. If you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. <laughs> um, and that's they, that's basically the end of the episode. Uh, the the Neo Mega gets sucked into space. Everyone else is fine except that med tech, and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, Pellegrino and Brodsky find some form of mutual respect. All Pellegrino had to do was save his life. Um, <laughs> and then we get an end card about Colleen O'Reilly with the re- like really kind of dark story that the uh, yeah. that the Neosapien War started on the day she graduated from Exofleet Academy, and like she was one of very few, if any, other survivors from her graduating class. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you imagine that's like you throw your hat up, and then all of a sudden people are shooting at you in mass. Yeah, it's uh, it, it well, I mean, it makes it it paints into context the the comment she made earlier. She's like, "Oh no, a dead Neosapien." <laughs> right. Yeah, this was a fun episode. Yeah. This is a good one. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Brooks, for whatever your contributions were. Uh, yeah, is he going to return to write any uh any of these um? episodes or uh, the last we'll see he, does, he, he has i think he has four other writing credits this season heck yeah hmm. why was this episode called the last man i don't know i'm like who's the last man uh, so there is a charlton heston movie based on um i am legend which also was called um once so i am legend is a, is a novel that has been made into a movie with uh what's his face um will smith will smith but originally it was made into a movie called the last man on earth after that uh that was in the 1950s with vincent price in the 1970s it was made into a movie with charlton heston called omega man we have knee omegas omega being the last one uh last man there you have it. So this is like some serious deep cuts nerd knowledge stuff going on here. Well, Omega that... usually means last, right? Like Alpha and Omega first and the uh, last. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So Neo-Megas, you know, these are the last Neo-Sapiens or whatever. And so I'm that, assuming that... somebody's being funny. 
that that's totally makes better. sense. <laughs> that's much better than what I was just thinking, where like this general Drusus guy appears to be fighting this weird battle down to the last man. But that, no, that yeah, yours the Omega better. reference makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. That's what I get. That's what I get for trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> that's my job, Dave. Leave that to me. <laughs> I'm just a stupid computer software engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good episode. I give it two thumbs up. Um, I give it two Brooks Woods Wachtel mustaches. Um, I give it a walk. I give it a Wachtel plus grade. Heck yeah. Um, Seriously though, if any of you listening have an idea of what JT, if you know what JT Mars stands for, and you know where we can find this information, absolutely. And otherwise, just feel free to send in uh, speculation about whether it means Django Turducken or any of the other. Justin uh, Timberlake Marsh. Justin Timberlake Marsh, uh, Julius Terwilliger Marsh, whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, just to, just going to share a little bit of user feedback because it made me feel good. Uh, Fred on Twitter writes... Holy crap, I busted out laughing in this episode, referring to, I believe, the last one, uh, where Lexi explained the spin thing to Dave, and he just said, what? Couldn't stop laughing at the whole discussion <laughs> about neoners having an OnlyFans. Too funny. Also, pocket typhonuses. Great jokes, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Fred. Hey, all right. Awesome. It. Much appreciated. Thank yeah. you, Fred. Cheers. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm glad it would at least make somebody laugh. Yeah and okay uh that's the end of the episode everyone uh as always if you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash em network and either of you two got anything you want to plug this week uh the designs on the first issue of the comic that i'm working on are almost done all the blocking storyboarding we just got to kind of um uh, finish it up where it's we're still a little ways out from it's going to be a while for before uh distribution and stuff i want to kind of um not focus group per se, but shop it around to some friends of mine uh, and see what people think of it. Uh, but these are what it's looking like because it's going to be fairly long and there's going to be uh, like like kind of um, graphic novella style almost, like about mm-hmm. 100 page comics each um, that we'll do probably every few months. Um, we're going to get a couple of them done and then we'll get probably some kind of free distribution with the Patreon, but we still got to kind of think about that. But it's coming along. First is issue there, is almost is- finished. Is there any social media or any other kind of links that people should go to to find it? Any work in progress stuff? Not yet, but maybe we should um, once we get the because we are like it's like we're a few a few frames from the end here. Um, so maybe in the coming weeks, once uh, the uh, um, artist I'm working with has gone back and kind of you know touched up and, and sort of finished everything and put the lettering in, yeah, maybe we'll start doing some teaser stuff here for sure. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Lexi, you got it. You got anything? No, I'm in the final stages of dissertation hell. So, my life is incredibly boring and stressful, and not. <laughs> I don't have anything. I haven't painted a fucking miniature in months. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I hope things calm down soon, and uh, maybe you get free time to actually be a person. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Well, on that yeah. on that note, everyone stay safe. Do the things that we need to do to get through del- to the Delta variant, and uh, yeah, just stay stay healthy. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for listening, don't, everybody. Don't be like John. Get cryo frozen. Pop up. Yeah. Be like Django <laughs> Turducken. <laughs> we should all follow the Turducken. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs>